take our Bibles, please turn to Psalm chapter 78. Psalm 78 tonight, please. Uh, psalm 78 is a longer psalm, and I've, Mike, I'm going to confess, I've, I've kind of skipped over it uh, along the way as we've progressed through the psalms in the past. Uh, it's not a psalm that we can reasonably try to cover uh, in uh, one service or, or even two, uh, or maybe even not in three. Uh, we're going we're gonna to tackle it over three to four uh, messages. I planned on three, but, but we'll see. Uh, Brother Ray, it's a, it's a very interesting psalm. We're spending a lot of time uh, making our way through Isaiah. I want to just compare and contrast this psalm to Isaiah for a moment. Think about what Isaiah is. Uh, who is Isaiah? What is his role? He's, he's a prophet uh, who is being used of the Lord to warn people uh, of what will happen if they don't get right with the Lord. Now, uh, of course, there's, there's positive thread through Isaiah also. It's, it's the Lord is the ultimate source of, of forgiveness, but uh, it's a warning of, of chastening if, if they don't get right with him sort of in the present uh, and, and moving into the future. This psalm tonight is, a, uh, is very interesting. It, uh, the bulk of it looks back over history, so not, not looking forward as, as a prophet looks from the present into the future. Uh, here the psalmist, it's Asaph, uh, he's looking back uh, into uh, the history of, of God's dealing with his people, uh, and at times chastening them for their disobedience in the past, uh, and he's encouraging them to get right with God in the present. Uh, and one of the things that he then asks them to do, and we'll see this, this aspect of it tonight, uh, he says, listen, you, you need to get a hold of these things for yourselves. Uh, you need to conform your lives to God word, God's words today and uh, be motivated, be, be encouraged by what has happened in the past when people fail to get right with the Lord. Uh, consider that for yourself. Get, get right for yourself in the present, uh, but then take care to teach these things to your children. Uh, I, I said tonight's message would have a, a little bit more relevance to Mother's Day. Uh, take care to be in the business of teaching these same things to your children, uh, and don't forget to leave out the, the teaching that, hey, uh, children, you need to then teach your children so that these things will be actively passed down uh, from generation uh, to generation. And so uh, we'll, we'll see these things tonight, um, this, this idea that the Lord wants um, the people to be encouraged into obedience by looking to the, the past uh, and then in the present get themselves right and to teach these things to their children. So uh, going forward, generation to generation, they'll be less likely uh, to fall out of God's will, to fall into disobedience uh, and to suffer some of the consequences that people have suffered in the past. So uh, that, that's the basic idea of, of Psalm 78. I'm going to uh, pray and then we'll, we'll jump in and see I really only want to look at about the first eight verses tonight, so kind of a, an introduction tonight in this idea that God wants them to take what they're, what they're going to see in this psalm, get right and teach the same things to their children. That aspect uh, we'll look at tonight. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we do thank you, uh, Lord, tonight. Father, we thank you for 
your words. We thank you tonight for their power. Lord, we thank you tonight that they're how we know to be saved, uh, how, how to be saved. Lord, we, we thank you tonight that in your word you show us how to be right with you. What is right, what is wrong, how to get right, how to stay right. Lord, you've, you've recorded so much of the past for our instruction and encouragement in the present. Father, we thank you for that tonight. Lord, I thank you tonight for this reminder to moms and dads and the rest of us, the present generation, Lord, that uh, those of us who are older, we have an obligation to teach those who are younger and to teach them to teach the same things to the next generation. Father, I pray tonight that on, on this Mother's Day, we, we get a hold of that idea uh, anew, afresh, and uh, Lord, that you, you use this to encourage us uh, to be right with you uh, and to be prepared, to be prepared to pass the same things uh, that we'll see uh, here in this psalm and, of course, uh, all throughout Scripture. Lord, that we'll be prepared to uh, share these things, that we'll have a mind and a heart to share these things uh, with the next generation as well. Uh, Lord, work in our hearts tonight. Father, accomplish that which you desire to accomplish tonight. Lord, help us to bow our hearts before you tonight and to uh, ha have a heart to receive your words, to give ear to your words, to incline our ears uh, to your words. Lord, to be swift to hear, to be swift to hear and desire your power and your strength to apply these things to our lives tonight for your honor, Lord, for your glory. Help us now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we ready to jump in now? We're good to go? Marilyn is shaking her head yes. Uh, we're good to go. Uh, look here, Psalm 78, uh, verse 1. Uh, Asaph is encouraging the people, evidently the older people, to uh, learn God's words and to teach uh, God's words uh, to the current generation uh, and to the next generation. Let's see a few things here first. Uh, there's a title to this song. It's Moskiel uh, of Asaph. Now, that word Moskiel is one that we've seen before. It's the Hebrew word just brought letter for letter into English. It has the idea of an instructive poem, an instructive psalm uh, or song or, or poem. It's, it's poetry. It's a song that uh, no doubt was intended to be sung in worship, but it's uh, like the other Psalms, uh, it's for our instruction. It's the Lord instructing us uh, through his words uh, as he does. There's command here, give ear. That's an imperative, that, that's a command. Uh, this, is, this is the Lord's command to Asaph uh, and to us. He, he commands Asaph. Now, uh, I kind of skipped over who, who is Asaph. This is... Um, um, one of the leaders of David's choir, we see that in 1 Chronicles, uh, Psalm 50 and Psalm 73 through 83 are, are attributed to him. He's mentioned along with David as a skilled musician and a, a seer uh, in 2 Chronicles 29. Uh, he's mentioned a number of times, but uh, seems to be involved in the music uh, at the tabernacle during David's reign. Uh, and seems to be a man of, of, of some faithful, rich faith who's been used of the Lord uh, to pen down these psalms uh, for worship in his day, for instruction in our day. What does he say again? Give ear 
uh, O my people. It's the Lord talking to his people. Give ear, uh, O my people. Aren't you glad tonight that if you know Christ is your Savior, you are one of the Lord's people? Isn't that great? <laughs> we're, we're, we're God's people. Uh, I am one of his people. Uh, we are his people. Praise God. What, what, what a privilege. Give ear, O my people, to, to the law, to my law, uh, Asaph writes, uh, to the words of God. Now, uh, in, in his day, but literally to that aspect of the Bible, which was the law, that's, that's what they had. Uh, they had some of the Psalms at this point also, but I think tonight we, we could say uh, having the complete canon of Scripture now, this could be applied uh, as, a, as a command to give ear to all of God's words. Uh, give ear, O my people, to my law. Uh, and then he says, incline your ears. Remember this morning we, we mentioned that so, so often the Psalms will say something and say it again a different way. Um, sometimes there'll be a contrast, but when it's the same idea, it's just the same principle twice to, to help aid our understanding. He says, incline your ears to the words, uh, the individual words of my mouth. God is a God who has revealed himself through words. He's a God who has commanded and instructs his people through his words, uh, the individual words given by God, the individual words preserved uh, by God. He wants us to pay attention uh, to his words. And of course, we, we saw that idea this morning, right? Uh, we saw in, in James 1.19, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and, and, and so on. This God's desire that we, we be a people who desire his words and, and actually hear his words. Uh, I, I love the uh, this phrase, in, incline your ear, because it, 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 it pictures a posture of, of, of sort of leaning in and, and listening to the Lord a, as he speaks. Of course, uh, today we'd be kind of leaning into our Bibles, eyes first, so that we could see it, Mike, but uh, there, there's, uh, there's a picture there of uh, actively uh, choosing to kind of lean into the Word of God uh, to hear it. He says the words, the individual words of my mouth. See verse 2. He says, I will open, Lord says through Asaph, I will open my mouth uh, in a parable. Uh, we understand that, that Jesus taught uh, the people in, in during his ministry uh, in parables, and he said, hey, that's why he, he could only teach them through parables because that's all the majority of them could handle. Uh, the word that underlies parable here can also, it has the idea of proverb, right? Sort of short, pithy statements of instruction. Goes back to the meaning of mosquil. He says, listen, I, I will open my mouth uh, in a parable uh, or to teach you. You listen, you incline your ear to me, God says, because I'm about to teach you. Brother Ray, if God's about to teach us, uh, must be it's worth leaning into uh, and, and being attentive. And so let's, let's do just that tonight. Let's, let's just take a moment. Lord, help us be attentive to your words tonight. We, uh, we know that if, if you have seen fit to inscripturate anything, uh, to have it captured down and, and preserved, uh, Lord, it's important. We need it. So help us tonight to uh, obey your command to listen. 
uh, I will open my mouth in a parable. Lord says, I will utter, uh, interesting language here, dark sayings of old, uh, which we have heard and known and our fathers uh, have told us. Uh, that phrase, dark sayings, only in English, only shows up a couple of times in scripture. Uh, the underlying word shows up a lot more frequently. It's uh, very often translated riddle, and, and that makes sense um, in context. It is also translated uh, proverb in Habakkuk 2.16. So uh, again, th this idea of, of short sort of pithy instruction uh, that, that God is ready to, to give forth. He says, I will utter dark sayings, uh, instruction, a proverb of old, which we have uh, heard and known and our fathers uh, have told us. That sounds more like Asaph talking there. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to teach forth God, that which God has laid on, on my heart, things that, you know, our, our forefathers knew and understood and heeded and obeyed, but uh, perhaps we've let sort of slip out of our minds, slip out of our walk with the Lord. Uh, he's saying, I'm, I'm going to revisit. I'm going to bring some of these things back to you so that you can get right with these things uh, and then be prepared again to, to offer these things to uh, the next generation. And, and that's the purpose that uh, we see here beginning in verse 4. So uh, let's, let's begin to get some points down. First thing, I guess, would be Lord's command, hear his words. Lord, Lord commands us to be a people who hear his words. We've seen that. Uh, why? Well, the first reason, uh, to be number two tonight, uh, the first reason would be um, that the next generation would know of the Lord. So that'd be point two tonight. Uh, his purpose, uh, his purpose that the next generation would know of the Lord. See, see verse four. He says, we will not hide them uh, from their children. Now you see them as added by the translators. You know that because it's italicized, but uh, would seem to be referring back to the dark sayings of old, the words of God, uh, his law, the words of his mouth that he's revisiting through Asaph in this song. He says, he, Psalm, he says we will not hide them uh, from, from their children, uh, showing to the next generation to come. Uh, and then several things here. He says the praises of the Lord or maybe his praiseworthiness is the idea, and his strength and his wonderful works uh, that he hath done. I want to just take this apart for a moment here. We'll not linger here forever, but let's consider this verse carefully. I think it's a really important verse. He says, hey, we're, we're not going to hide the word of God from, from our children. Uh, from, from we, we want God's words to be known to our children and to be passed uh, from generation to generation. Turn back to Deuteronomy 4. Don't lose your place here, but if you would, go back to Deuteronomy 4. I want to just take a quick trip through several verses uh, in Deuteronomy. These are principles that are familiar to us, but it's good to see them, to revisit them uh, from time to time. Mother's Day is a good day to do this. Um, go to Deut Turn, please, to Deuteronomy 4, and we'll look at a verse here uh, in this chapter. Deuteronomy 4 in uh, verse 9. God, God's command, he says, only take heed to thyself. Deuteronomy 4, 9. Keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, uh, and lest they depart from the heart, thy heart, all the days of thy life. Uh, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Don't forget what you've learned from the Lord. 
Take care to bear in mind what God has shown you through his words, uh, but then be prepared and obey it, right? Don't just know it, obey it, live it, uh, but then take up the responsibility to teach uh, the next generation. This seemed to be directed uh, specifically to parents, but uh, of course we know that in churches older women also have a responsibility to teach the younger women. Uh, that's, that's God's command. It's not that the ladies are excluded from teaching in, in churches. No, they're specifically commanded uh, older ladies to teach younger ladies. Uh, ladies are commanded to be in the business of teaching their children as our fathers um, also. Flip ahead a couple chapters to Deuteronomy 6. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, probably just a couple of pages uh, forward. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6 brings out the same idea. Uh, and these words, Deuteronomy 6, 6, which I have commanded thee this day, uh, shall be in thine heart. Lord, help us to get your words down into our hearts. Verse 7, and thou shalt teach them. What's the next word there in verse 7? Thou shalt teach them diligently. Don't be casual about this. Uh, don't begin and stop. Don't be casual. Uh, be steadfast. Be invested in this. Thou shalt teach them the words of God diligently unto thy children. Uh, parents are commanded uh, to do that. Zach and Samantha, if God blesses you with children one day, uh, this is the business that God is calling you to. Uh, if he does bless you with children, these are good verses to have learned and to keep in mind. Hey, we want to learn as much of the Bible as we can because God's called us to be the primary teachers of his words uh, to our children. Teach them diligently, uh, and thou shalt talk of them while thou sittest in thine house. Not just for church, uh, but, but teach your children. Talk about the Lord at home. Talk about his words at home uh, day in and day out. When thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Uh, don't just talk about God's word, God and his word some of the time. Make it an all the time kind of thing. We're not, we're not just Christians while we're at church. Uh, we're, we're, we're people who are called to live the life that God has called us to seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, uh, and to let our children see that and, and hear that. Flip ahead a few chapters, Deuteronomy 11. We'll just look at another verse or two. Uh, Deuteronomy 11, chapter 11, and verse 18. We'll look at a couple verses here, and we'll come back to our passage. Deuteronomy 11, uh, beginning in verse 18. Therefore, shall you lay up these words in your heart. The Lord wants his words to affect our hearts. Uh, to be committed to memory might be uh, implied, but uh, to get the word of God into our hearts, not just head knowledge, but to have it affect our hearts uh, and in your soul and bind them for sign upon your head that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 19, and ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, uh, and when thou risest up. Sounds a lot like what we just saw in, in chapter 6. Uh, the Lord repeats for emphasis uh, these things uh, which are so important. And so uh, this, this, this principle uh, of, of parents having responsibility for teaching the next generation all of God's words uh, you know, comes first in, in Deuteronomy 
uh, and Asaph is, is revisiting this as, as God has led him to uh, here in Psalm 78 tonight. So let's turn back there. Uh, let's go back to Psalm 78. We, we see plainly, we see clearly uh, this idea that he wants the people to revisit, to become reacquainted with God's words. Those things that have slipped out of their minds need to get back in there. They need to take up those words, conform their life to them, and teach these things uh, to their children. Uh, what exactly does the Lord want the children to know of him? Well, what, what, does, what does Asaph say here? There's, there's a few things that, that God emphasizes here. These I don't think this could be an exhaustive list, but there, there are some uh, things that, some learning objectives, if you will, that the Lord highlights here. Some basic foundational things that he wants the next generation uh, to know. What did the Lord want their children to know of him? Let's make a list of three things here uh, that we see in verse 4. So let's do make a list. In your notes, let's, let's go one, two, three. three. Three things that the Lord wants children to know of him. Um, moms need to understand this, and uh, someone who anticipates possibly being a mom in the future would, would be wise to know this, and older ladies be wise to learn and know these things, so they can teach them to younger ladies who are moms or who anticipate being moms. Here's, here's the first thing. Uh, he says, quote, the praises of the Lord. Uh, the praises of the Lord. Brother, I think that probably means the praiseworthiness uh, of God. The fact that God is worthy to be praised. Is he worthy to be praised? Is the Lord worthy to be praised? <laughs> All the time. Uh, amen. Uh, make, take a cross-reference, 2 Samuel 22, 2 Samuel 22 and verse 4. Uh, David proclaimed, you, you'll remember this, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He said, I, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. He recognized that God is worthy to be praised, and that is he called upon the Lord well, he, one of the reasons maybe that he's so worthy of being praised is that uh, he, he, he protects his people. He, re he rescues his people. By the way, if God never did anything for you, if God never did anything for you, would he still be worthy of praise? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Brother Ray, that, that's true. He, he is worthy of praise no matter what. But when, when we consider all the undeserved blessings that he pours into our life, we could praise him for that. Yes, he's worthy of praise. When we consider the, the chastening that he will allow in our lives, uh, he's worthy of praise. When we consider who he is uh, and, and what he's like, his, his holiness, uh, his mercy, his, his grace, uh, all, all that is God, all of his attributes, individually uh, and uh, as they are uh, affected in, in, in concert, uh, as they work together in, in concert, uh, as God acts, uh, point to his praiseworthiness. Uh, teach the next generation that God, uh, the Lord, is the God who is worthy uh, of praise. He's worthy to be praised, and so praise him. Uh, the Lord desires that um, the, the, the adults would show the next generation 
the praises of the Lord, his, his praiseworthiness. Uh, come back up to verse 4. Look there at the next thing, the praises of the Lord, his praiseworthiness. Uh, what's the next three words there, the next phrase? And his, his what? His strength. Yeah, make sure they know about that too. Uh, teach them, share with them, show them, tell them uh, about his praiseworthiness, but make sure they understand his strength too. He, he, he's a God who's worthy of praise for so many reasons, and, and we have a responsibility to teach the next generation that. Uh, the Lord desires that they understand his strength, uh, his strength. Uh, we've said many times recently his, his strength is one of the reasons that, that we can trust him. Uh, he, he calls us to obey him, to be faithful to him, but he is also faithful to us. Praise God tonight that he's more faithful to us than we are to him. Amen? He's perfectly faithful to us, Brother Art, despite the fact that we are imperfectly faithful to him. It's hard for us to understand his perfect faithfulness when we are so imperfectly faithful. We, just, we can hardly fathom a perfectly faithful person, and yet that is the Lord. He, he's a perfectly faithful God. Um, and when we begin to understand his, his strength, uh, we're encouraged in so many of these things. We're encouraged in his faithfulness. We're encouraged uh, in his ability to, not just his faithfulness to his promises, but his ability, uh, his ability to keep his promises, uh, teaching the Lord's strength and encouraging uh, as best as possible an understanding uh, of his strength. Uh, that's important for, for young people uh, to understand. Uh, get a couple cross-references down in Psalm 65 and verse 6. Uh, the psalmist is writing of the Lord. He says, by his strength, he, the Lord, setteth fast the mountains, uh, being girded with power. Anybody here uh, create any mountains? Gary, have you created any mountains? I haven't either, but the Lord has. He has set the mountains in place. Carolyn, that's a strong God. Uh, I know that he, he might have used some geological processes over time to do that, but he's the one who's authored those processes. He's, he, he's the one who has heaped up the mountains. However he choose to do, chose to do that, uh, he is the one who has done that. Uh, another cross-reference, Psalm 68 and verse 34. Get that down, Psalm 68 and verse 34. Uh, here's a command regarding God's strength. The command is this, ascribe ye strength unto God. Uh, don't just understand how his strength, don't just understand, uh, ascribe, choose to view him as a God who is omnipotent. Ascribe strength to him. We, we are called to actively understand, accept, and to, in our minds, view him as a God who is as strong as he reveals himself to be. Uh, don't, don't just sort of casually receive that truth, but set your mind to that. Ascribe strength to him. Teach, as you do, teach that uh, to whomever will listen, but his focus here is on the younger, the next generation. Ascribe ye strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. Uh, one more verse, Psalm 105 and verse 4. Write that down. Psalm 105 and verse 4 regarding his strength. 
Uh, here's a command, seek the Lord, amen, uh, and his strength, seek his face evermore. Uh, I understand I need the Lord, amen? I understand that I need his strength in my life, amen? Uh, Brother Ray, we, we don't have unlimited strength, right? Our, our batteries run, run down, but in the Lord, we, we find strength, and it's a, it's a bottomless well because God's strength is, is unlimited. Seek the Lord and his strength. He is our strength. Make sure the next generation uh, knows that. We've talked a lot, some of us recently, about how we've, we seem to have left out this idea when it, when it comes to teaching people how to obey. You, you gotta find strength in the Lord. You find that as you yield to him. Lord, help us to make sure that we do a better job of teaching that principle to the next generation then perhaps it, it was taught or, or not so much taught to uh to some of us go back up to verse four so there's there's two things that god wants he will not hide them his words uh from from the children showing what uh number one uh, his praises his praiseworthiness we saw that number two his strength major on that too uh, and then number three, his wonderful works that he hath done. Uh, don't, don't, don't leave that out. Teach, teach that he's worthy of our praise. Uh, tell him why. Uh, teach his strength. Show from his words, verses like we looked at, that reveal the strength of God. Uh, and then teach his wonderful works. You know, go through the Bible and, uh, and find examples of God's praiseworthiness and his strength in action. Uh, show, show people the verses that reveal his strength, uh, and then show, people exam show young people examples uh, of his strength. It's, it's not going to be too hard to find those things, right? Gary, we can go back to page one, right? In the beginning, God, and he spoke creation into existence, and all that he accomplished uh, through, through the book of Genesis, confounding the, the, the tongues, as we mentioned this morning at, at Babylon, uh, all, the, all that he has done to correct his people, to guide his people, uh, all, all that he has done, uh, teach his wonderful works that he uh, hath done. Write this reference down, please. Psalm 107 and verse 8 says this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I'm going to read it again. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. Praise to who? To the children of men. Uh, I've repeated that verse twice, but in that psalm, you may know this, in Psalm 107, that verse is actually repeated verbatim, word for word, I believe, four times. Uh, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, verse 31. The Lord is really highlighting that verse in the Psalms. Uh, he wants the next generation to be taught to praise the Lord for his goodness, his strength. Uh, teach also his wonderful works uh, to the children. I'll give you a couple more uh, references here. Psalm 40 and verse 5. Just listen. Get that reference down. Psalm 40 and verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, the psalmist says to the Lord prayerfully, many, 
O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works. Could you pray the same? Could you pray that this evening? Lord, your, your wonderful works are many. What I see in scripture, many works that are wonderful. Lord, as I look at my own life and your, your action, your, your power in my own life, uh, you've, you've worked many wonderful works in my own life. Could you say that tonight? Could you say that? A amen. Pray that, Lord, and, and praise him for that and, and thank him for that. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hath, hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. That's an awesome verse. That's an awesome verse. That's Psalm 40 uh, and verse 5. Write down this reference, Psalm 111 and verse 4. Psalm 111 and verse 4. It's a short one. It says this. He, the Lord, uh, hath made his wonderful works to be remembered, to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Uh, he desires that we would remember all that he has accomplished for us. Uh, and, and I think we could say, uh, as we do, that we would consider what is revealed about the Lord through his innumerable wonderful works, uh, that we would be encouraged to praise him uh, for what is revealed uh, in his, his actions, his, his wonderful works, uh, praise him, thank him, our worship of him should be encouraged by our consideration of what he has accomplished in our lives. Would he still be worthy of our worship if he never did anything for us? Would he? Amen. But the fact that he's done so much for us, what a wonderful aid to our worship. Let it be that. Let it be that. Sometimes struggle to worship the Lord. Just stop for a moment and, and pray and say, Lord, uh, bring, bring to memory, uh, bring to memory some, some of the wonderful things that, that you've done for me. I, I, I know there's, there's somebody I could begin thinking about them now. And, and Lord, as you do, as you bring those things to mind, as you lay memories of those things upon my heart, uh, use those thoughts to encourage me to worship you. Lord, encourage a gratitude in my heart. Uh, as you do, help me to pray forth prayers of gratitude, worshipful prayers of, of gratitude. Psalm 145.5, the psalmist says, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty uh, and of thy wondrous works. Yes, yeah, speak to others uh, about those things, including the children. Don't leave them out, but don't leave the Lord out either. Pray, pray to him uh, as, as you're encouraged, as you consider these things. Pray worshipful prayers uh, to the Lord. Let, let's go on. Let, let's go on. Next thing we see tonight um, is that the Lord desires that the children of, of this generation would go on to teach the next generation. So we're called to teach these things to this generation uh, and to teach them to teach the same things uh, to the next generation. Uh, and praise God. Praise God for that. See verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob, Israel, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that, so that, they should make them known to their children. Yeah, sure enough, God has a testimony with the people of Israel. 
He wants the, the children to be reminded of that testimony. Uh, verse 6, why? Well, lots of reasons, but including this reason, verse 6, that or so that the generation to come might know them, even the children, moms and others, which should be born, who should arise and declare them to whom? What does it say there, the last two words of verse 6? Their children. Yeah, the Lord obviously designed, I mean, we can't, if we don't get to the next generation uh, and teach them these things, uh, it's lost with us. If we don't get to the next generation and teach them these things and, and teach them to pass it on, they, they may be the next, the last generation. Uh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to, to keep looking for opportunities to minister to young people as church. Uh, it, 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 those of us who are parents or, or may be parents in the future, Lord, give us hearts to, to know you and to know your words and be prepared to teach uh, our children. By the way, that's a great responsibility that parents have. Zach and Samantha, that, that responsibility might feel a little daunting, uh, a little bit overwhelming, right? As, as you consider this responsibility that God lays upon you. Um, but how do we do anything that God has called us to, right? How, how, how do we obey him in any area of our lives? How do we do any big thing that God calls us to? We're, we're, yield to him and Look to him for strength, for his grace to be obedient to this, yes, big, important, somewhat daunting call to service. It, it's all of that. Uh, but if, if we'll yield to him, Lord, sure enough, here I am. Uh, if you'll allow me to be a parent, I'll, I'll, I'll look to your words and I'll look to you for grace to teach your words. And uh, Lord, with your help, I'll do the best that I can. I will take up this duty um, if, if you'll give me the privilege to have children from you. Uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll take up my duty from you to teach them these words that are from you. And I'll look to you for strength from you uh, to do that. We can. We take up anything that God calls us to. He's a great God. He's a God of great strength. He makes his strength available to uh, his people. That cross-reference here, uh, Joel chapter 1 and verse 3. It's been a while since we've been in the minor prophets, the shorter prophets. We're focused on a major prophet, Isaiah, a longer prophet right now. But get a cross-reference here, Joel chapter 1 and verse 3. Uh, Joel uh, is a shorter prophet, one of the earliest prophets probably, uh, he uh, was used of God to warn Judah, not unlike Isaiah. Uh, he um, commands that the Lord's warnings be passed down from generation to generation. So uh, the psalmist here, Asaph, not so much focused on warnings, not yet at least. He, he's just saying, hey, teach about God and, and who he is and, and what he's like. Um, he'll get to teaching them warnings, but, but Joel really focuses on this. He says... Joel 1, 3, tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. Receive God's warnings. Uh, get right uh, as I warn you and, and make sure that you pass these warnings on to your children so that they can pass these warnings on to their children. 
Well, how would they do that? They would take the book of Joel, <laughs> learn it for themselves, teach it to the next generation, uh, and teach them to take care to pass it down, teach it to the next generation. Guard the words, teach the words, teach that next generation to, to do the same. Guard the words, teach the words. This is God's plan. Uh, this is God's desire. Uh, let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, we see uh, next, and we're, we're, we'll finish with verses 7 and 8 tonight. We'll, we'll stop here shortly, and, and we'll celebrate Lord's Supper, I promise you. Um, I want to look at these last two verses as quickly as we can. We see here uh, this idea, this principle, that the Lord's desire was that um, as each generation came to know him uh, through the teaching of his words, that they would walk according to the knowledge that they, were, that they gained through, through that teaching. This goes right straight back to what we saw in James this morning, right? You can learn about God's words all day long. You can study them all day long. The Lord desires that we know them, but he also desires that we obey them. We saw this morning, James 1.22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Don't be deceived that you're obeying the Lord if you just know his words really well. Uh, no, you've got to take up the doing of his words in his strength. Lord, help us not to just be knowers, but doers. And that, that really is the idea that we see here in verses 7 and 8. Teach the next generation about God, but teach them to not just know about him, but to obey him. Teach them about God. And then go on to teaching them his commands, what he has commanded us to do in response to what he has revealed about who he is. Let's not to think about that for a second. Isn't it, isn't it true that the more that you know about who God is and what he's like, the more inclined you are to obey him? Doesn't that just make sense? The more we know about who God is and what he's like, the more inclined we are to obey him. I don't think it's a, it's a mistake or a random thing that um, ASAP says, hey, te teach that next generation about who God is and what he's like, but then teach them to take up his words and, uh, and to obey them. Uh, look, I'm going to read verses 7 and 8, and we'll consider some pieces of this quickly. Uh, verse 8, that or so that uh, they might set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Verse 8, and might not be as their fathers, who will do better with the Lord than their fathers did. Uh, their fathers were a stubborn and rebellious generation, disobedient, a generation that set not their hearts aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast, not faithful uh, with God. Lord says, listen, you, you teach your kids to do better than you've done spiritually. Uh, that'd be the desire of any parent, right? I mean, any of us are here, who are here today recognize that you know, we, we've not had a perfect walk with the Lord. Amen? Uh, that's convicting. Uh, if we could go back in time and do some things different, Mike, we would, right? We've talked about that a lot uh, in many of my private conversations with you. We go back and do some things differently. We're not proud uh, of, of the sinful mistakes, sinful choices 
uh, that we've made in the past. Teach your children early on about God. Teach them the importance of obeying him that they might do better uh, than we have. This would be the, this would be the right desire uh, of Christian parents. So uh, there's several things here that, that we can see quickly. Let's just make a list. Uh, what specifically does the Lord desire uh, would characterize the, the lives of, of the children, the next generation, as they are taught about the Lord? His desire is that it would have an effect. Now, what is that effect? What is his desire? So let's just make a quick list here from verses 7 and 8. The first thing, number one, uh, he desires that they set their hope in God, that they set their hope in God, uh, that they, their hope would be in the Lord rather than in any other person or any other worldly thing. Uh, their hope would be in the Lord. We struggle with this today, don't we? We, we know that our focus and, and our hope and our sort of go-to place for what we need uh, is to be the Lord, but sometimes we look elsewhere, or sometimes we're, we're tempted to do that. The Lord's desire is that uh, as the next generation learns about him, they would set their eyes upon him. Their hope would be in him. They, they would have a certain expectation uh, of God being at work in their lives, in part so that they could obey him. Give you a couple cross-references quickly. Psalm 40 and verse 4 says, Blessed or happy is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. You set your sights upon the Lord. You place your hope in him. Uh, there's blessings that come with that. Psalm 62 and verse 5, the psalmist says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. That's the psalmist talking to himself, instructing his own spirit, instructing his own soul. Hey, you wait upon the Lord and the Lord alone. Place your trust in him and keep your trust in him. Your expectation is from him, no place else, no one else. Uh, let's look at the next thing, number two on our list. What, what did God desire would be the effect of this instruction of the next generation, number two, that they not forget the works of God. As they're taught the wondrous works of God, the Lord's desire is that they would not forget about him, certainly, uh, that they would not forget about his works and not forget the works of God. If they remember who he's like and what he's done, they're going to be encouraged to walk with him. A couple cross-references here. Um, Psalm 77 and verse 11. Psalm 77, verse 11. You can just listen. Get that reference down, though. Uh, the psalmist says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. And he goes on, next verse, he says, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. You'd spend time considering the wondrous works of God as seen in scripture, as seen in his own life. He would stop and regularly consider these things and, and meditate, as I said earlier, perhaps thinking, what, what does this reveal about God? His strength, uh, his glory, uh, his, his power, his, his faithfulness. He says, I'll talk, uh, I'll meditate on these things and, and talk of thy doings. 
no doubt in prayer back to the Lord, but to others as well, believers and unbelievers alike, uh, as he has opportunity. Uh, Psalm 103 and verse 2, write that down. Uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Mike, if the Lord commands us repeatedly throughout Scripture to not forget his works, to not forget his blessings, that implies to me that we are constantly at risk of forgetting, right? We're, we're, we're at risk of, of just not training our minds in, in, in meditating on, on the Lord and in his, his power, his glory, all, all that he has accomplished in history for his people, all that he's accomplishing in our personal lives today uh, and in our church today. We, we, our natural inclination is to not focus on these things, to not meditate. And so repeatedly the Lord commands us, hey, don't forget, don't forget. Uh, the opposite of to forget is to what? You could choose to remember. And, and if, you know, if you pour something into your brain and it leaks out of your ear, what do you do? You, you go back to the Bible and you, you get it back in there again, right? And if over time it kind of leaks out again, you go back to the Bible, you get it back in there again. That's okay. I can't remember, Mike, I can't remember the whole Bible, but I can get back into it and, and get it back into my mind and get it back into my heart and, and praise God. Uh, remembering as I receive his words. There's two things the Lord desires will be accomplished here. Uh, a major thing, the third thing, would be that they keep his commandments. We see that in verse 7. The third, the third effect of teaching the next generation, uh, God desires that they would obey him. They would keep his commandments. They not just know his words, but be doers of his words. And that would include obeying his commandments, where, where God commands something uh, he desires that his people know about him and his commands, that there would be a desire to obey him. Uh, and, of course, we know a yieldedness to obey through which we find the power, the strength to do just that. Uh, he, he desires that they keep his commandments. I'll give you a couple cross-references because that's what I do. <laughs> Back in Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn there, but 529, chapter Five, verse 29, this is the Lord to the people through Moses, of course. He says, oh, that there were such an heart in them, the people, that they would fear me, God says. Uh, he's longing that the people would have a heart to fear him and, and to keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. The Lord desires our obedience that he not need to chasten us, that it be well with us, that he be able to bless us uh, and our children as we teach them to obey together with how to obey, Brother Gary. Psalm 14, forgive me, John, John 14, verse 21, Jesus speaking, he says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, know them and obey them. He it is that loveth me. We've talked about that a lot, right? Uh, the love is doing, and the Lord says, if you want to do love to me, show love to me, uh, my love language is your obedience. That's, that's the Lord's love language, our obedience to him. Uh, Jesus said, if a man love me, he'll keep my words. Not just have knowledge of them, but obey them. That's what he says. Lord desires that as 
these young people learned, they would obey. Fourth, fourth thing we see here, we're almost done, uh, is that they would be, uh, not be as their fathers. We saw this already, that they would, that they would surpass their parents uh, in, in terms of their obedience, their spiritual growth, their spiritual maturity, uh, which would include their obedience. He desired that they be yielded, that they not be stubborn or rebellious, that they would have right hearts before the Lord. They set their hearts aright before the Lord. That they be steadfast. That they be faithful. Uh, the spirit of their fathers was not steadfast with the Lord. He desired that as they taught them about the Lord and to obey him and how to obey him, they would surpass their parents. That would be the desire of any Christian parent. Uh, as I've learn and as i teach you that you would you would surpass me that'd be the desire of any parents uh that should be the desire of, of uh any church member regarding the next generation we learn we teach them we encourage them we teach them what the lord desires and we teach them how how to do that teach them that early on uh, they can surpass us in maturity, at least uh, where we were early on in our walk and in service and all that God has called us to. This is his desire. This is his desire. I'm going to stop there tonight. We're going to pray, and I'll have the men come, and uh, we will uh, observe the Lord's Supper tonight, uh, which is his command. It is his command to his churches uh, and our desire tonight is to obey his command, to be blessed by him as we do um, obey him properly, correctly, um, for his pleasure um, and for our benefit as well as we look back to the cross. And I ask you this tonight before we continue. Um, as you look back to the cross and consider what was accomplished and who accomplished it? Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Does, does your gratitude encourage your obedience? When you consider how faithful, how obedient Christ was to the cross, accomplishing our salvation, does, does that encourage a gratitude to follow, and a gratitude that encourages us to Follow his example of obedience. He's obeying the Father's plan. Today he desires that we obey him. Uh, and he makes that possible. He makes that possible. Let's pray. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, tonight for, for your words, for these verses that we've seen tonight. Uh, Lord, for Psalm 78, thank you so much for it as we continue to make our way through it in coming Sunday nights. Um, Lord, I, I pray that you'll just work powerfully uh, through the preaching and teaching of your words, accomplish that which you desire. Lord, we, we understand tonight that in that psalm, you'll, you'll look back to the correction of your people uh, for the purpose of encouraging your people to be more obedient. Father, as we look back tonight <laughs> through this practice of Lord's Supper, we, we're looking back to the cross Lord, your solution to the problem of disobedience throughout the history of your people and throughout the history of our brief lives, 
Lord, we're a disobedient people. We, we know that we are sinners who are saved by grace. And Father, I pray tonight as we look back to the cross that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be reminded of how loved we are. Lord, you were willing to lay down your life for us. Lord, I pray tonight that we would desire to love you back with the obedience that you desire. I pray tonight that this commemoration of the cross and what you accomplished for us there would be a great, great encouragement and encouragement to our own obedience. Lord, I pray tonight that um, we take a moment and ask you to examine our hearts. If there's some wrong thing tonight that we've not yet dealt with, I pray, even now, Lord, that we would agree with you. We'd confess that. And Lord, uh, yield to you, ask you for grace, for strength to put off that sinful thing and, and to put on a holiness, obedience in its place. We know we can because of the cross, because of Christ and what he accomplished, and because we have the Holy Spirit now made available to us because of Christ and the cross. Father, I pray as we take a moment and, and examine ourselves with your help that uh, we come, we could participate worthily tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray we take that um, command of coming worthily, seriously tonight. Lord, search our hearts. Um, take a moment, ask you to do that, and, and just pray and do any business with you that we need to. Church, give you a moment to do just that. Lord, thank you again for the privilege we have tonight. Thank you for the unity in our church as we look to you, as we look to unite around you and around your words, nothing else. I pray, Lord, that you'll be pleased tonight in our obedience. Thank you for enabling our obedience. Lord, encourage us now as we look back to the cross. Pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask the men to come, please.